0: You're investing in a wholly owned subsidiary of Avestor, which owns all the assets. So that's a great question and uh, we have plans in place for an orderly transition if Avestor goes out of business. Now, I do not know if they would be able to invest in new deals because that depends on the status of the platform. But absolutely, we have plans in place where the assets are in the LLC and passive investors are a member of that LLC. And they just have to wait until the deal exits and the money comes back. To so th- that's absolutely something we take into account.
1: What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today our guest is Bhadri Malinor from Avestor, and today we're talking about the unique new novel platform that he and his co-founders have built to help passive investors, invest in real estate syndications, but also diversify their portfolios in a more straightforward and frankly, lower dollar value manner than they used to be able to. And I feel like a little bit of an old man saying this, but when I started in real estate syndication, these things didn't exist. There wasn't this technology platform that could help you get into multiple syndication deals at lower dollar figures than say, uh, 50 or 100,000 minimum that like you know was the original and still exists today to some extent. And I know a few folks from the sponsorship side who are using the Avestor platform and are having success with it. So, it was great to speak with him on the show today and really talk about the technology, talk about the advantages that uh, it can offer to passive investors and to syndicators who are doing deals using their technology, their platform. So very interesting conversation. And we also dig into his background as as an entrepreneur, things that he's done in the past, successful exits exits that he had, and the future roadmap for Avestor. So really interesting stuff here. And this is a, a novel technology that I think was in pretty high demand in the market. And it's great to see these things happening and see these tools developing for passive investors and sponsors alike. I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor, and I help busy people passively invest in commercial real estate, specifically in apartment buildings and self-storage properties. If you're interested in learning more and potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form, take the steps, schedule a call with me, and I will look forward to speaking with you soon. Once again, that's investwithtaylor.com. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please do take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, five stars if you don't mind, you guys. I appreciate that so much. I mean that every single time I say it. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please do share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. No matter what podcast app you use, look us up, hit the subscribe button. And that way you'll get every new episode every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Once again, our guest today is Badri Malinur, and today we're talking about the unique technology platform that he has created that is helping passive investors diversify across multiple syndication deals for lower dollar values than they used to be able to, which I think really is just such a great technology to have in the field. And it didn't exist when I was getting it start- getting started in real estate syndication. So I'm very happy to see that. Without any further ado, here we go. Badri, thank you for joining us today.
0: Hey, thanks, Taylor. Pleasure to be with you.
1: It's been great talking with you, and I, I really look looking forward to learning more about your platform and our our listeners learning more about your your technology. I think is really going to help grow the real estate syndication space and get more people away from Wall Street. For those out there who don't know about you and what you do, can you tell us about your background and your business?
0: Sure. Let me give you a brief background about myself before we go into investor. So. Mm-hmm. I'm an entrepreneur at heart, but I did start my life in corporate America. I have a master's in computer science and an MBA in marketing. And I was managing a team of several hundred people across five continents on the plane all the time that quickly got old. So I really quit corporate America 15 years back, started a company, uh, had a couple of exits. And uh, then this is my latest venture. And by the way, just so that you know, I really can speak from a variety of investment perspectives. I invest in a wide range of assets, including, uh, I don't know, venture capital. I'm an angel investor in 30 companies, uh, crypto, uh, hedge funds, uh, stock options, uh, bonds, commodities. But we'll focus on real estate for this show. So, (laughs) Of course, yes. And um, so the latest venture is Avestor. I would love to talk to you about it. And it's a platform which allows investors to build diversified portfolios. So the problem we have today, Taylor, is that uh, syndication deals are great. I'm assuming your audience is already familiar with the concept of syndication. But yeah. the problem we were trying to solve is uh, for somebody who's just starting out, fifty or hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money to put in a deal. And how do you know the deal you're picking? I mean especially if you're starting out, you're never really sure, is this the deal, right? I mean, if it goes south, that's a lot of money for people to lose. And so what we built is a platform where you th- think of it like a stock brokerage account for real estate uh, syndication deals. So you put 50K in a fund and it's a customizable fund, which allows you to pick and choose deals. That's kind of what we do. That's what Avesta does.
1: Awesome. And that customization from from what I've, you know, learned here is maybe the, if you will, the, the superpower of what you're developing or, the, or the, maybe the secret sauce, I don't know. But, you know, dig into that, if you would, uh, for us and, you know, tell us what can be customized about, you know, all the, the funds that people invest in.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Uh, that's a great question. So yes, uh, customizability is our secret sauce. And uh, at the risk of uh, being wrong, uh, but I would be happy to be corrected, we are the world's first and only platform which supports what we call a customizable fund. So a customizable fund is more like a buffet where you go to a buffet and you say, I like this dish, I don't like this dish, you pick and choose. So we created our first fund, and I'll tell you about our, our platform has now been extended for other funds, but we created our first fund where we invest in a wide range of asset classes. We do multifamily, we do self-storage, We do uh, senior living, we do student housing, we do retail. And we also do two types of things, really. We do both syndication deals and we also do loans, hard money loans. So what we are trying to do is offer the stock bond equivalent. What what happens if you go to an investment advisor? Not everybody goes to an investment advisor. You know, the typical question is, oh, do you want an 80% stock allocation, 20% bond allocation? So we offer that equivalent in real estate. So you can say, hey, I want 80% in syndication deals, which is more like stocks, and 20% in loans, uh, which is more like bonds, where you get fixed interest and you don't get long-term capital gains and capital depreciation and appreciation. So that's kind of what we do here. So
1: nice. I mean, so one of the big things for for passive investors who are starting in the space or or getting more diversified in the syndication space, you get diversified across all these deals, and then come the end of the year, the next tax year, you wind up with a big, thick stack of K-1s and maybe some of your K-1s are late. Hopefully not, but that can happen. Whereas you know, through your portal, I understand that's different. Can you walk us through the the K-1 situation?
0: Oh, that's great. You know, to me, I'll be honest with you, Taylor. The only people who are happy getting a bunch of K-1s is your accountant, right? <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's right. So we completely avoid that. The beauty of what we have built, and literally we have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and years uh, developing this, even if you invest in 20 different deals, let's say you invest in 10 different uh, syndication deals, three multifamily, a couple of self-storage, one industrial, triple N lease, and uh, let's say 10 or 15 different loans, we consolidate all of this information and we give you a single K-1 at the end of the year. And that's a lot more complex than it might seem, uh, but <laughs> you from being an engineer and from a technology background, I think you'd appreciate the math and the complexity behind it. And we have gone through two full accounting life cycles and our customers really love it. So they don't want to muck with multiple K-1s. They have have a diversified portfolio and we have a portal where you can log in just like you would log into a Fidelity or a TD Ameritrade. And then you'll see how each individual slice is doing. So we are trying to bring the stock brokerage experience to real estate syndication investing.
1: Interesting. So I think more passive investors need to ask the question of their sponsors, you know, how good are you at getting K-1s out on time and, and in the right, you know, way? And, and I appreciate that, you know, you're going after that. Now on the, you know, there's there's two sides of the equation, right? You have to have investors, then you have to have sponsors, right? Doing, doing deals through the platform. So you know, I'd also like to learn more about the advantages to sponsors, you know, compared to the way they, you know, used to do it, if you will?
0: Okay, good question. So we built our initial fund called Ariel LP for passive investors. And then we kind of pivoted a little bit because what people found is, hey, I love your customizable fund idea. Sponsors came to us and said, why don't you you allow us to create our own funds? So our vision then changed a little bit. We still do our fund and we still get uh, passive investors who can put $50,000 in one fund, but then invest in 10 or 15 or 20 different deals. But we opened up this platform for other people to create their own customizable funds. So if you look at what people do, there are fund administrators, there are investment management software, there are a ton of syndication portals out there, and there are marketplaces. We are trying to combine all three elements for sponsors. So uh, you, you have your own marketplace and especially many of the marketplaces are not very friendly to mid to small size sponsors. So we provide all three elements where we help them start the fund. We help them with the legal aspects of creating the LLCs, the general partner LLC. We help them with the SEC registrations. We help them with accounting taxes. So think of us as a business partner for these sponsors to help create a fund. And from a passive investor perspective, we want to create a huge range of funds we are talking mobile home parks uh, land development uh, vineyards uh, uh, you know obviously self storage student housing so you can come to the platform and be able to say you know i really want to diversify into this area and there'll be a fund for you there so that's our kind of our vision
1: cool cool so one of the things I always think about in a new product development, no, no matter what it is, and you guys aren't—I don't know if you—I'd say you're new anymore, right? It's—it's it's established, and you're—you know, growing. Is there are always things that you incorporate and end up being less popular than you expected them to be. And then there are things that come up that maybe you didn't think of in the first place that, hey, our users want this particular feature. So we're going to add that in there. And that's just a normal part of, of developing a business, right? That's, absolutely. that's normal. absolutely Out of those two, you know, what comes to mind? I just want to field that question. Has it happened? Has, what comes to mind?
0: You know, we have a very agile development team. So it's all about, we don't say no to a sponsor as long as it's legal, Each sponsor comes to us. Uh, Yeah, we don't want to cross that line. Right. Uh, Each sponsor comes to us and says, hey, this is my business model. And so we adapt the platform around it. Our goal and hope is that if we do 10, 15, 20, 30 models, then we'll be able to uh, adapt to any business model provided by the sponsor. Let me give you some examples of uh, funds which are being created on our platform. There is a hard money lending fund. Before he created uh, the fund on the platform, He was giving entire hard money loans to people. And so let's say in California, you can't get a property for less than $400,000. So one one loan is 300 or 400K, or even in the Midwest, right? 100, 200, 250. People feel uncomfortable paying that much in a loan. And so what our platform allowed him to do is it allowed him to slice into much smaller slices. People feel a lot more comfortable saying, "Hey, let me put five or 10,000 in this loan backed by the hard lien against the property. And then we have capital raisers who uh, really like to use our platform without becoming registered as a broker-dealer. They can use the fund to raise capital where they go and say, hey, we'll raise a million or two for you. Give us some preferred terms. And maybe they keep some of the preferred terms and some of it they pass on to the investors. So we literally can accommodate a huge range of business models. I mean, and use a range of asset classes. So I believe we have something unique here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know folks who are you know, using your platform to build their own funds from from the sponsorship side. So you know, I know it's being adopted, and and I wonder from the sponsorship side, um, what kind of you know, say like KPIs or anything are available, so that you know, folks can dig in and see you know uh, maybe I need to improve this this area or you know whatever when they're you know feeling a, a fund to investors, what kind of like analytics can a sponsor yeah, we get
0: out? Yeah, provide an extensive set of reports. I mean, including uh, how often do people log in? How often do they spend time in the platform? How is uh, a person's, you know, investment diversified and how it keeps tra- tracks with what they said they want to do. So it's like, uh, I think I gave you this analogy before the podcast. What we help people do is build the equivalent of a stock bond portfolio within the fund. And so we uh, we have uh, tools which help sponsors keep track of that and make sure that they're on top of their goals in terms of the mix between syndication deals and hard money loans, if they're doing both in the fund, you know? So we have a variety of analytics for that. So. Nice.
1: So this is a tough question, right? And, uh-huh. and I, I I don't mean it to sound rude, but I want to you know hey, put it hard. out there. All it's no holds guard. Not intended that way, right? But <laughs> so if, if there's a, you know, there are funds fund on the platform, what happens? if avestor goes out of business and we've got money invested in this fund but what happens okay
0: so we want to separate out from a passive investor perspective you're not investing in avestor Mm -hmm. you're investing in a wholly owned subsidiary of avestor which owns all the assets so that's a great question and uh, we have plans in place for an orderly transition if avestor goes out of business now, I do not know if they would be able to invest in new deals because that depends on the status of the platform. But absolutely we have all our plans in place where the assets are in the LLC and passive investors are a member of that LLC, and they just have to wait until the deal exits and the money comes back to them. So that's absolutely something we take into account. We don't think we will. I think we are growing very rapidly. We are getting ready to do a VC round, but you got to plan for all unexpected plans. It's
1: a good question. Sorry. Hey, it's it's something that, you know, it's a question I think it's responsible to ask if we're investing uh with a syndicator and it's a you know a one man band. Well, that's a that's a key man right there. No? And if it's exactly. a one man band there or platform, we need to ask what happens if that person yeah. goes away. So
0: you're not really investing in the platform, you're investing in an LLC which owns all the assets.
1: Through the platform.
0: Through the platform.
1: Time. Yeah, yeah. So if there's a, a line of communication that can be held because of, what if uh, you know I invest through the platform with a sponsor but the sponsor doesn't know how to get in touch with me if the, you know if the platform's out of picture we have to get back in touch and you know make sure all our our data is still available. I just wanted to flesh that out a
0: bit. We absolutely make that, we'll make the public and we have a tra- orderly transition in place uh, in an emergency situation like that.
1: Good, good. I also, you know, just to learn more about you and your, you know, entrepreneurial experience, you have a successful track record as an entrepreneur and, you know, I just wanted to learn about how you made that transition in your life. I mean, you said you had the, the long corporate career and eventually, you know, decided you wanted to uh, get out of there, so... Let's dig into it and, and learn more about, you know, what you did as an entrepreneur and you had the exits and then got into to hey Vester, as, as you're in now. So run us through your, your background. I'm just so curious.
0: You know, to be honest, real estate was a big factor. I mean, uh, not real estate as in multifamily syndications and things like that. We actually bought a fourplex and a threeplex, which provided some nice cash flow. It was just nice to have that in the bank. And before I quit my corporate job, we paid off any loans so we knew at least that money was coming in, not that it was uh, huge amounts of money, but it was enough for you know maintaining your lifestyle and some certain amount of living expenses. So real estate, I'm really thankful for real estate in helping me transition from uh, the corporate job to uh, entrepreneurial journey. And I was lucky. I mean, I, as soon as I quit my corporate job, uh, the first company we started, the training company, took off pretty fast. And then, uh, so both, uh, and we also started a recruiting software company Uh, Which had not—it was not as spectacular, but it did uh, have have a decent exit. So, but um, uh, since this is a real estate show, I can truthfully say that real estate helped me transition—that make the transition from corporate to entrepreneurial life. You know,
1: so awesome. That's great. And you mentioned you're you're potentially heading into rounds of VC funding for. Avestor and, you know, I'm sure there's information you can't go into here, right? But just, I'd like to learn about, you know, the preparations for that. And and as you're thinking about, I don't know if your past businesses, if you'd work with VCs or not, but I just wanted to dig into that and and what you're thinking about now as you, you know, prepare to work with uh, VCs.
0: You know, so far, Avestor has been self-funded. And uh, one of the discussions we are having internally with the partners are While we are approaching VCs is, should we just do, uh, so we are doing a small seed round and we, we do have some internal discussions on whether the seed round should just be angel investors. A lot of the people who have invested in our fund are interested in investing in the company because they can relate to what the company is doing and they can relate to the problem the company is trying to solve. We are trying to solve exactly the same problem which you are trying to solve, right? To help people move away, diversify away from the stock market, but in a highly diversified set of real estate portfolios as opposed to investing one syndication deal at a time. So there are some discussions where should we just do angel rounds until we get to series A? Uh, If you're familiar with the terminology, I mean, you do seed rounds, series A, series B. And uh, we are still talking through that, but we are also talking to some early stage VC
1: companies, you know, so. Interesting. I I always wonder about, especially companies that my main familiarity with VC is, you know, through Silicon Valley. So it's not real information that I have about it, but, you know, it it seems um, so many Silicon Valley tech companies, they don't really have a product. They don't have even revenue a lot of times when they go to, to venture capital. And we see that from, you know, just some some. Uh, trendy apps that get funded by, by venture capital, but you guys have a, a real product, a real user base. Exactly. I just wonder why you need them. I don't know.
0: Uh, you know, VCs do bring a certain amount of credibility and their fuel to the fire, right? I mean, so if you want to become a billion dollar company, you don't need a VC uh, uh, unless you're prepared to do a 10 or 15 year journey. But it, I think it's very important that you bring the VC on at the right stage of your company. Otherwise, you'll just end up giving control. And fortunately, we have been fortunate that um, we have been uh, um, we have had the resources to self fund the company so far. So we're already on track. We have about fifteen sponsors uh, who have signed up, and we ha- hope to have more than hundred sponsors by the end of this year. So we just need a little seed round to accelerate marketing and deployment efforts. And then, but once we come to Series A then we are planning to switch to investor marketing for that you need lots of dollars, right? I mean, you're competing with uh, people who are very well-funded,
1: so. Mm, interesting, very cool. Very cool to uh, get the the inside scoop on that. I love it and I really appreciate you know, what you guys are doing. And, and like I said, I, I'm quite certain I know people who have, use Vestor to build their own funds so you know thank you taylor it's been great uh, great to be on your show so mm-hmm. yeah it's been great talking with you right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor the first step to growing your wealth is tracking your wealth income spending and everything else about your finances you can start tracking your wealth for free and get six free months of wealth advisory with personal capital by going to escaping and using our link Create your free account today and automate the way you track your money. Personal Capital is my preferred way to track my finances and now we're making that available for listeners. Terms and conditions apply. See the Personal Capital website for details. Once again, to get the offer, go to escapingwallstreet.com and use our link. Back to the show. All right, Badri, I've got three questions I ask every guest at the end of the show. Are you ready? Go for it, Taylor. Great. Mm-hmm. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education?
0: I was about to say my education, but we'll go with uh, something other than education. So, <laughs> you know, we Avestor has a model which uh, evaluates hundreds of deals, and we are proud to say the model is working. We recently had an exit. This, uh, this was a student housing in Atlanta, and the projected return was about 20%, but we ended up getting 45% IRR. Whoa. And $100 invested was an equity multiple of two and a half. I mean, so you, in two and a half years, $100 became almost $260. So that was really a good investment, not only for us, but for also a lot of the investors who invested in the Avestor fund initially. You know, So I would say that's my best investment. Awesome. In just in terms of return and also the fact that it is strategically important for us. Uh, uh, it's not just the money you made in the investment. But it's also the fact that initial investments, I mean, investors were really excited. They're putting more money in the fund and it's a good track record to have.
1: So. Yeah, it demonstrates a, a a very viable product for uh, a exactly. investor. Nice. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Okay.
0: Ironically, the worst investment was, in some ways, the worst investment, in some ways, it was the best investment. So let me tell you why. It, it was a... Uh, option strategy, which I involved uh, selling index stock options, was doing spectacularly well. And there were years where I was doubling my money. And then COVID came. And oh. uh, I don't know if you're familiar with volatility and the books index. <laughs> it shot out of the roof and uh, the fund got wiped out. Uh, a lot of the gains I lost, but I still consider it that one of my best investments because I l- learned so much and I learned the importance of diversification. So it was the worst investment in terms of that particular year's returns, but I learned a lot from that investment. And it was very fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun developing that strategy. So.
1: Mm. Well, as long as you could turn a negative into a positive, then there there's at least some benefit. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? I'll
0: tell you what. I'll go back to what my grandma told me. <laughs> she didn't use those exact same words, but it's something similar to this, right? It boils down to don't put all your eggs in one basket. It doesn't matter how good the basket is. It doesn't matter if the basket is lined with the golden lining. Diversification is key in everything you do. Everything, right? So uh, whether it's investing, whether it's business, people think, oh, I got this right, I this is the deal. Don't do that. Always follow a barbell approach where you have a spectrum of investments, decide, I call this different buckets, right? There is the lottery ticket bucket, and uh, there is the risky bucket. Then there is the safe bucket, and then there is the sleep at night bucket, right? <laughs> I, you know what I mean, right? And, uh, yeah. Decide what you want in each bucket and make sure you're not exceeding that bucket size. That's the piece of advice I would have. I mean. For example, the lottery ticket bucket might be a crypto or an extremely risky startup, right? Or, And then the risky bucket might be um, individual stocks. And the somewhat safe bucket might be bonds and index uh, funds. And a very safe bucket might be your FDIC-insured thing and a life insurance policy. right? I mean, tons of other examples. So diversification is very is really important. And don't put all your eggs in
1: one basket. Nice. Diversification. And I feel like discipline is another part of uh, that lesson as Absolutely. well. Absolutely.
0: And uh, ensuring that uh, you don't get carried away by the fad of the day. Or the fad of the day.
1: No. No. Great. Well, thank you uh, so much for joining us today. And thank you for what you're doing out there and helping people escape the Wall Street casino. If folks want to reach out, if they want to learn more about you or your platform, where can they track you down?
0: I will give you my cell number and my email address. Uh, so there is a lot more information on our website. It's avestorinc.com, a b e s t o r i n ccom I love talking to people. Feel free to reach out and call me on my cell, 503-860-8374. Or you can also send me an email to badri, B-A-D-R-I, at avestorinc.com, A-V-E-S-T-O-R-I-N-C.com.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Five stars if you don't mind, guys. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.